Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Journey Hearing God's Call, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on March 3rd, 2019. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Pastor. Hey, how are we doing? She's being nice to me because she brought me cookies this morning, so good deal. Well, so. Oh, that's true, huh? Good point. See? See, it takes a, takes a family to raise their pastor, doesn't it? So, well, I'm excited that uh, you're here this morning. We're going to jump in uh, on this journey of faith uh, in the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. So if you would, grab your Bibles, your iPads, your iPhones, whatever you do. And uh, if you're on Facebook, then you can make sure you post to Facebook, but don't just pay attention to Facebook. Make sure you're pay attention, paying more attention to the Word of God, and uh, we'll, we'll go on this journey together. Well, I wanted to share a, a little bit of a story of my life, um, because um, it really is reflective for me personally uh, uh, to the prophet Jeremiah. This book has a kind of a, a special meaning. And as you read it, uh, don't get a little weirded out because I know there's a lot of stuff that happens in there. But uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, as I, as I read through this book and I think about my own life, when I was about 10 years old, I was in Sunday school and, and our Sunday school teacher just decided for whatever reason to go around the room that morning and ask all the kids what they wanted to do and what they wanted to be when they grow up. And so she went around the room and of course all the kids you know, stood up, doctor, nurse, fireman, all the usual suspects, right? Um, but for whatever reason, I stood up that morning very boldly and very intentionally, and I said, I'd like to be a pastor. And I remember, as I think about that, as I sat back down um, in that moment, I said, why in the world did you just lie to this lady? <laughs> I, I had no desire to be a pastor. I, it, just, it just came out of nowhere. But as I, as I think about that moment in time, as I look back in that moment in time, I, I realized today that, that God had a calling in my life. That and even in that moment, that maybe God was, was stirring my heart and, and preparing the way for this journey that he would take me on to bring me to the place that I am today. And I wonder to myself, as, 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 as you sit here, as you kind of think about your journey and as you think about your life, if, if maybe, maybe right now in these moments, maybe over the last several years, maybe over this journey that you've been on, that maybe God has been doing the same things in your life. Maybe there's something that, that, that you've always wanted to do or always wanted to become. Maybe, maybe there's an area in your life where you, you, you think about often, God stirs your heart about often and uh, kind of whispers in your ear that maybe, maybe, Floyd, you should be doing this. This is what I've called you to. This is what I've prepared you for. You know, there were... Uh, moments in my life as I went on this journey where I always heard the voice of God. You know, it wasn't this huge, large, audible voice, but I just remember having these conversations as, a, as an early teenager, late in my teens, and just talking to God and just filling him and sensing him, kind of stirring me towards ministry, towards living my life for him. God would say, come follow me. Trust me in this life that I've created for you. 
And, I, and I'll be honest with you, and, and I say this with, with all truthfulness, that I would respond back to God and say, God, just, you know, I'm too young. I, I'm not ready for that. You know, let me do this first, and then I'll come back to you. And see, this story in Jeremiah, this first chapter that we see and we read, it has a lot of meaning to me because this is what I did in my life. When God came to me and he says, I have something for you. There's something that I want you to do. I responded in a lot of ways that Jeremiah did. And I responded in a lot of ways that Jeremiah didn't. See, my experience may be similar to yours today. Maybe there's something in your life or a way that God is maybe moving you towards a call. And, and I want us to understand something very specific. When we think about God's call in our life, it doesn't necessarily mean that, hey, I, I've got to become a pastor next week. Hey, I, I've got to be an evangelist and travel all the world. Or I've got to, I've got to be a missionary and go travel to a foreign country, to a, excuse me, to a third world country. And do the work of God. See the call that God places in your life. Is more of a reflection of what God wants you to, you to do. In the moments that he's given you. In the place that he's placed you in. And with the people that he surrounded you with. See even in your vocation. You have an opportunity to feel, fulfill the call that God has in your life. There's people that God has placed in front of you for this very purpose. And as we read this book, as we go through and we see the prophet Jeremiah, as he is a witness, a testimony to God's love, and this faith journey that he goes on, we see that God does the same things in his life that he wants to do in yours and my life. See, the prophet Jeremiah, again, he was a witness and he shared this testimony of God's love for his people. And in this book, we'll see how, how God calls out his people. He seeks to restore his people. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing to read uh, the Old Testament and see how, how their world in their time and in those moments were, were very similar to, to our world in our time and in these moments. You know, it's interesting to me, and I don't know if you guys catch this or not, but when God speaks, he's speaking towards his people. And he's speaking towards his people because his people are living in rebellion to his commands. They're, they're moving away and they're worshiping other gods and seeking after all of the wrong things. And yet in God's grace and in his love, he draws them back. He always seeks to restore it's that relentless love that we see happen in the lives of those as we read this, these Old Testament books. See, the, the book of Jeremiah is, is a book about God's judgment on his people. And it's about his desire to restore them back to him, to bring them back to him. I think it's a, it's a beautiful picture of grace. Yeah, I think that we discover grace in, in some of the, the worst moments of our lives. Some of the hardest and toughest challenges of our life when, is when grace is revealed. You know, my wife and I, we've been through a, a lot of different things in our lives. 
And I remember one time we were, we were going through this really super hard struggle. And of course, we shared it with family and friends. And, and they came alongside us and they were praying for us and with us. And I, I reached out to a pastor friend of mine and I kind of shared, you know, the dynamic of what was going on in our lives. And, and, and as I did that, my pastor friend, he just kind of looked at me and, and, he, and he smiled. You know, it was almost a smirky smile. And I was kind of confused as he was kind of smiling and smirking at me a little bit. It's like, do you not hear what I'm saying? You know, I'm hurting. I'm going through this moment. I need you to give me a word of wisdom. Point me to Jesus, not to smile at me. But as, as, as that smile kind of revealed itself, as he, as he talked to me and as he shared with me, he reminded me of God's grace. He says, do you not see this is God's grace in your life? Do you not see that God is revealing these things to you to show you his grace? That God is allowing you to go through these moments so that his grace will be revealed? And you know, I'll be honest with you, in that moment I didn't see that. As I continued on the journey and as I sought to draw near to God, I realized it truly was God's grace. And that's what we'll see here as we follow the, the prophet Jeremiah is that it's God's grace on his people. We'll see some tough moments. We'll see some, some hard moments when God really just shares his judgment on his people. But we'll see it because God's grace is being revealed not only to them, but to us for today. I want to ask you, if you've begun the journey of faith that God has for you, and if you haven't, then today is your chance. Today is your opportunity. In these moments, as, as we read through God's word, as we come together and, and, and share and open up God's word, as we gather together, here is your moment. Here is your opportunity to draw near to God so that he may draw near to you. And what's interesting about that passage that we read, when, when he says, draw near to God so that he may draw near to you, it goes on to say, to turn from your sinfulness, to turn from your wicked ways, and come and follow Jesus. See, God is telling us the very same thing today in our times. Because we live in a sinful world. We live in a, in a broken world. And many of us, even as believers, have moved away from our faith. We put our trust and our hope in something that's not eternal, that's very temporal, that will never last. It'll be fleeting. We may experience a, a moment of joy, a moment of excitement, but it's not eternal. And we usually walk away and come away still lost and hurting, still seeking something more. So my, my prayer is, before we read this passage together, my prayer for, for me and for you and for us as a church is that we would go on a journey of faith. That today would be the beginning of us moving towards God in a deeper faith. That we would put our trust in Him and not only would we trust him, but that we would believe in everything that he wants to do, not only in us, but through us. You know, the Bible teaches us that today is the day of salvation. And it teaches us that we have to work out our own salvation. 
And I say we do that by faith. I say we take steps of faith and move towards all that God has for us. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you in faith and by faith because of what you've done for us, what you've given us. Father, as we open up your word, I pray that that your voice would be audible to our hearts, to our minds, that, that we would hear you speak to us. Father, because of what you've given us through your word, it's a reminder of the love and the grace and the hope that you have for us, Father, and that you've given us for today. So today we bow before you. Today we open our hearts to you. And we ask that your spirit would indwell in us in a way and lead us and guide us in a way that we would honor you and glorify you, Father. That we would trust and believe. And by faith, we would do the things that you've asked of us. That we would follow and believe and trust you. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we come into your presence in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'd like to read in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Starting in verse 4, the prophet says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. I think we can gain some insight here in these passages as to what what we should know in regards to God's call in our life and to move in faith towards all that he has for us. And I I think you and I can do this by knowing that your life has been ordained by God. Look again what it says in verses 4 and 5. He says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. See, we have to note here what God is saying. We have to listen to what God is saying to us. See, when we think about being ordained, it's the same as being given an order or a command to do something very specific. See, God is telling Jeremiah that this is why he was born. See, he had Jeremiah on his mind even before he formed him, even before he created him. This was the plan, and this is what I expect of you. Do you know, do you realize that God has ordained your life? See, the beauty of of God's word, it reveals to us the things that God has for us. And we see all of these beautiful pictures of what God set into motion thousands of years ago, even before time. See, God knew you before he formed you. He had a plan for you before he created you. 
God has ordained your life. He has placed a call to you personally and has made you with the intent to use you for his glory. Have you ever thought to yourself that God's hand is upon you and the way that you live or that you don't live will affect others for eternity? See, a lot of times we think that, that we're just here to be a school teacher or we're just here to work in a certain vocation and do a specific job. But it's greater than that. It's bigger than that. It's deeper than that. God is giving you that vocation. God is giving you that job. God is giving you that opportunity so that you would touch others for his glory. See, the way you live your life within that vocation, the things that you do in that life that God has given you will affect those around you eternally. And see, and it's a choice that you have to make. Just like he came to Jeremiah and Jeremiah said, hey God, I don't want to do this. He said, I don't even know if I can do this. And God reminded him, he says, hey look. He says, look, I set this into motion long before I even decided to create you. I want to tell you this morning, God's telling you the same thing. God's looking at you and he's saying, look, I have set something into motion even before I decided to create you. And I did it for this specific time in this very specific moment so that you might bring glory to my name so that you might make a difference for all of eternity. See, God has set you apart for something glorious. You've been created in the likeness and with the character of God. And that should be a wow moment. I think about that. I pause for a moment. You have been created in the likeness of God the creator of the universe, the one that we come and we bow to and we worship. You have been given the character of God. The traits that you have are traits that will reveal God's character to the world around us. That's why the Bible tells us that that we are to walk in step with God's spirit. This last week, I went to a conference and the pastor that kind of kicked off the conference for us, he said something that just, just was very profound for me and a good reminder for me because he says, you know, God doesn't just give you a piece of his Holy Spirit. He doesn't say, here's the foot of my spirit. <laughs> he says, I give you all of my spirit. And if you think about that for you personally, for me personally, that means that God himself dwells in me. All of him. And again, I say to you, God has set you apart for his glorious work. God's spirit dwells in you. And all you have to do is walk in step with his spirit. And his spirit will lead you and guide you. 2 Timothy 1, verses 9 and 10. It says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling. Do you see that? To a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus. Listen to when? Before the ages began. 
See, that passage is an affirmation of what God wants to do in you and through you. He has set you apart for a holy, call, a holy calling. And you have to know that, that you are special in God's eyes. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, it's amazing to me to think in my own life as I, as I dwell on myself. <laughs> Not in, in, a, in a self-righteous way, but... Um, as I think about the things that God has done in me and through me and for me, I, I just stand in awe because I don't see myself as worthy of anything. I, I don't see myself as, as capable of anything. I'm not a, an educated man. I'm, I'm not someone that, that thinks he has it all figured out. In fact, much like, like Jeremiah, if God were to come to me immediately right now and say, hey, Floyd, I'm going to send you to all of these nations and I'm going to use you in all of these other third world countries to do something great, all I would probably respond is saying, there's no way. <laughs> there's just no way, God. But see, God wants us to know something here this morning. God, God wants you to know and he wants me to know that he has set us apart, that, that we are special not, not in an arrogant or, or a boastful way, but we are special because of who he is in our lives. We, we are special because of what he has created us to do and to be in his name, in Jesus Christ. And he did all of this before the beginning of time. He did all of this because he thinks that you are special. I don't know about you, but that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of cool to me. See, you're so special that God knew you before he, he formed you. So special that, that he created you just for us. Did you ever think about that? You know, I'm going to pick on Mark because I like Mark. Mark and I have been hanging out for a long time. Yeah, I didn't tell him I was going to pick on him either because then I'd like to embarrass you at the beginning. But. So Mark and I have been hanging out for a very long time. We've been together, friends, for probably about 15, close to 20 years. Right, Mark? We've done a lot of stuff together in life. We've run races together. We've hung out. We've gone to coffee. In fact, he's so close to our family, we call him Uncle Marky Mark. And we're the Funky Fresh crew. We really do call them that. <laughs> but but I, I think about my friendship with Mark. And I think about the value that he has in my life and how important he and Tony are in my and Janice's lives. And all I can think about is, is this passage here and the reminder that God made him so special and that God made him for me. Because Mark is so unique. You know, his humility, his willingness to serve and help, be a part of, his faithfulness to God over the last 20 years. He's been a part of this church from almost the beginning. You know, he made him for me. And I'll tell you this morning, I hope you know this, that, that you were created for the person sitting next to you. You, you were created for, for every person in this church. 
You, you were created for, for every person that, that you work with. You were created for your children. You were created for your family members. God made you special for them. You are a gift to the rest of us. I hope you see that this morning. I, I hope you understand. Not, not in an arrogant way of boasting, but, but in a humbling way to say, hey, you know what? My life has been ordained by God. I have been created with a purpose. See, the moment you come to the understanding of this, it'll change you. It'll help you to do what God is asking of you. The very thing that God did for Jeremiah is what God has done for you. 1 Corinthians 1.26 says, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards, and not many were powerful, and not many were of noble birth. See, the beauty of what God does is that he takes the ordinary and he turns it into the extraordinary. And he does it all for his glory. See, if you believe this to be true in your life, then you can move to the next step. And it's just simply knowing that your life has been created for a purpose. In verses 6 and 7, It says, then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. I want to ask you kind of an odd question. How many of you have excuses? (laughs) We all do, don't we? fact you can ask my wife in our marriage I look for excuses all day long <laughs> I didn't do that oh I don't know I think I had to do this you know I always find a good excuse see what's happening in this moment right now is Jeremiah he sees finding an excuse he's he's looking for a reason not to fulfill the purpose that God has called him to and I think what happens many times for you and I is that we just simply get fearful and we look for an excuse. We, we look for the reason why we can't. And God is reminding us that we need to look for the reasons why we can. And I, I tell you, every year, and we should celebrate this every week, but we don't, Every year we celebrate something so significant in our lives, so significant that has changed every single one of us that sits in these chairs. And it's the, it's the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's the reason why. That's the reason why we should fulfill our purpose, our call. You know, many years back, um, in our marriage, Janice and I, I was doing a whole lot of stuff that I loved to do. I, I was doing a whole bunch of fun stuff. I was fulfilling a lot of the things I believe call, God had called me to do and to become. And as I was doing that, for whatever reason, God just kind of stopped me for a moment and he, and he kind of put a pause in my life and he helped me to kind of think through some things and I realized that, that my wife really wasn't doing a whole lot of much. And not, 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 I'm not knocking her when I say this, so hear me out here on this one. You know, she, she was 
being a phenomenal wife. She had a, a phenomenal faith. She was taking great care of our kids. But honestly, I never knew or I didn't see in her life something that she loved, something that she was passionate about other than her kids. And so for whatever reason, God, God just led me to, to ask her a question, just simply say, you know, what do you love? And I'll tell you, I, I was pretty sad to hear her response. It wasn't a bad response. It wasn't the wrong response. But she just simply said, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I guess coffee. <laughs> I, I love caramel macchiatos. <laughs> she really does. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of broke my heart a little bit because I was so focused on me that, that I, I didn't realize that, that I was kind of leaving my wife behind. And I, I wasn't taking the time to pay attention to see what she loved. I, I want to ask you this morning that, that same very question. What, what do you love? What, what, what are you passionate about? What are you, what are you excited about? What gets you up in the morning? You know, for my wife, we kind of took that moment from that point to kind of go on a journey together and discover what God really was calling her to do. And I believe that she's fulfilling her call right now. She's a school teacher. She teaches second grade and she loves it. She loves working with his kids and it's, it's more than just teaching them the A's and C's, but it's about loving these kids and encouraging them and walking with them on this journey and helping them to see that they can be all that God has created them to be. Now, I know we have many teachers in here, so, so I know you guys will get that. See, teaching is a calling. Your vocation is a calling. And I want to encourage you this morning to do that on purpose. Do it with a purpose. Find what you love. Find what you're excited about and bring God glory through what you do on a daily basis, no matter what it is. See, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a missionary because regardless of that title in your vocation, you are a pastor and you are a missionary. See, a pastor is just a shepherd. My wife as a school teacher is a pastor. She shepherds these children. She loves them and encourages them. And at every opportunity, she points them to Jesus because of that love. She's a missionary because she set out to go and help these kids, to show them some things that they may never get anywhere else, to love them in a way that maybe they're not being loved at home. See, she's living on purpose. So I, I want to offer you something this morning because I, I think it's, it really is pretty simple. And I think sometimes we kind of miss it in that aspect. See, God, God has put something in your life. He has created you very specifically. You are so unique to this world that nobody else is like you. And you're probably looking at me saying, man, I'm so glad there's nobody else like Floyd because he's a little nutty. <laughs> but that's okay. Because I'm so unique. You are so unique that God has set you apart. See, he has shaped you and he is continually shaping you to become the person that he created you to be in your uniqueness. See, and that's beautiful. That's wonderful. 
And just like Jeremiah, God has placed you in the middle of a community of people. And they need to see Jesus not only in you, but they need to see Jesus through you. Again, the way you live, how you choose to live or not to live, will be a reflection of the character of God. See, this is your purpose. See, your purpose isn't to be a teacher. Your purpose isn't to be a pastor. Your purpose is to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. Your purpose is to bring glory to God, to do the things that God has called you to do. And however you do that is between you and God. And it's between you and God because God has shaped you and formed you and created you for this very specific purpose in a very unique way. Matthew 28, 18 says this. It says, And Jesus came to them, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And because of this, he says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, this is the very thing that God told Jeremiah. This is the very thing that he's telling you and I today. To all to whom I send you, you shall go. To all whom I send you, you shall go. I want to ask you this morning, who has God sent you to? Do some names pop up in your mind right now? Are there some people that are around you on a daily basis that you can think of? Well, those names that pop up, those names that you think about, those are whom God has sent you to. See, that's your purpose right there. That's your why. I want to challenge you this morning to take a step of faith. Listen to God, to how God is talking to you. His promise to Jeremiah is our promise for today. Don't look for reasons not to, but focus on the reasons why you should, why you can. Go therefore, knowing that you have been given the authority to baptize, to teach, to encourage, to love, so that others might come to faith in Jesus Christ. This is your purpose. This is your call. Listen, listen for God's voice. Well, the last thing as we close this morning, I want you to know as we understand and, and realize that our lives have been ordained and we've been created for a purpose, I want you to know that you have the promises of God. And I think this is an important part of the whole piece. I think this is a critical element that, that sometimes as believers we forget about. Look at verses 9 and 10 in our passage. It says, then the Lord put out his hand and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. See, as God speaks to Jeremiah and as he speaks to us, he has given us a promise, one of many, one of many promises from God. See, God will be with you. He'll give you the words if you'll just trust him, if you'll just believe in him.
And he'll do some things that will blow your mind. He'll build up. He'll destroy. He'll overthrow. He'll plant. He'll do all kinds of stuff. You just have to trust him. You just have to depend on his promises. I wonder how many of us sitting here in this room, and if you don't, that's okay. But, but I want to challenge you this morning. Is there, is there a promise in God's word that you lean on? Is there a promise that, that, that comes from God's word that, that you trust in and believe for your own life? Well, if, if you have one of those, great. Share it with everyone around you. If you don't, I want to challenge us this morning to, to find that promise. See, to listen to God's call for our lives. Look at that promise. Right, right now, for me, God's promise is one that I've repeated probably so many times you don't want to hear it again, but I'm going to share it with you again. It comes out of Psalm 1611. You, know the, you make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. See, that may not sound like a promise to you, but to me, that's a promise. See, it's God's promise to me that, that as I go on this journey of faith with him, that, that he's going to show me the direction to go. He's going to open up the pathway, and he's going to guide me along the way. And as he does that, I'm going to stay in his presence. I'm going to stay close to him, knowing that the joy and the pleasures that I'll experience are eternal. And those joys and those pleasures are promises. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what my circumstances are, those are God's promises for me. See, I hope you know that God has promises for your life. That God wants to do some, some amazing things. He wants to take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. I'm going to leave you with one last comment and then we're going to pray together. This comment comes from someone that's a part of our church. Because as they, as they came and, and started hanging out with us, they, they realized something very big. And not glory to us, but glory to God. Because this person made the comment that, that this is a big church, even though it's a small church. See, that's the ordinary becoming extraordinary because of the great God that we serve. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your love and for your grace. We thank you for just all that you're doing in our lives, Lord. And as we go on this journey of faith, Father, I, I pray that you would guide our every step. Father, as, as you have spoken to those great clouds of witnesses that have come before us, as you've spoken to those that have been an influence in our lives, Father, I pray this morning that you would speak to us. Father, that we would listen for your call. Father, that we would know and we would believe and trust that, that you have ordained our lives, that you have, have given us a command, that you have shaped us and created us so fearfully and so wonderfully and so uniquely that where we are today in the world we live in, in the jobs that we do, in the vocation that we have, where we are today is right where you want us. We are that missing puzzle piece in this puzzle of a broken world. 
Father, and you've created us and you're shaping us to fit perfectly right in there. Not to be of this world, but to live in this world to bring you glory and to honor you. And Father, as we seek to fulfill our purpose in the plan that you have for us, Father, I pray that we would walk in step with your spirit. Father, that we would understand and truly know that that you have given us your spirit to guide us, to comfort us, to care for us, and to lead us. And Father, we would just simply trust and believe. Father, that we would take steps of faith, knowing you are faithful. Father, because in your word, there are promises. And these promises were meant for us. These promises are given to us so that we can live this life more boldly, more courageously. And Father, so that we can live to bring you glory, to bring you honor. And Father, today, as we go on this journey, that's our heart's desire, is to glorify your name, to elevate you, to exalt you, to share the goodness and grace of Jesus Christ. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for your love for us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505 792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love and to be a voice of hope to our community We invite you to go with us on this journey